DJ and PK, time to go to the Utes' first spring football press conference live. Kyle Whittingham already at the microphone. Spring ball is the second quarter, and so in the first quarter, you guys worked hard, made a lot of progress, strength gains, and uh, we're, uh, I think we're in a pretty good position right now to, to head into spring ball. And so, uh, like I said, we're eager to get back on the field and, and uh, start working. So questions? We'll go first to Trevor Allen from kslsports.com, followed by Patrick Kinahan and Josh Newman. Go ahead, Trevor. Kyle, I wanted to touch on the wide receiver group. You've obviously had two guys transfer out and then also making a change uh, at, at, at the coaching uh, position. First off, what was the uh, choice behind uh, changing from Guy Holiday to uh, Chad Bumpus? Well, we just felt that, uh, you know, to, to – um, Take the uh, position group and uh, to to you know, the next level and be able to have them continue to uh, progress and develop. And that, it's nothing against Coach Holiday. I love Coach Holiday; he's a close friend. But uh, we just felt like maybe a, a new face, a new voice in that room would be something that uh, would be a positive. And you're right; we do need to uh, add to that group. We did lose a couple guys in the portal, and uh, we're planning on adding guys to the to the position group, and that will be most likely not until uh, summertime or at least close uh, close to that point. It won't be in the immediate future. And so we're going to uh, continue to look and, and find the right fits for the, uh, you know, for the additions, and that's, that's the direction we're going. Next, Patrick Kinahan, 12-8 in the zone, followed by Josh Newman. Patrick. Go ahead, PK. Yeah, we'll go to Josh Newman, come back around to PK. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, I know that a spring two deep needs to be taken with a grain of salt, but can you maybe clarify what the quarterback situation is? You have Charlie listed as the starter. Um, Peter is the backup, and Jock Quinden is not listed at all. Can you maybe clarify what the situation is there? Well, we typically just put it too deep down unless there's uh, a, a situation where two guys are on equal footing. But it's just a, a very raw, uh, early speculation on what we, you know, how we're going in and what we feel is the pecking order right now. Uh, that could change dramatically as, as the guys start to take reps. And so really nothing to read into that other than we, uh, you know, we don't have any guys coming back other than Cam who won't be participating and we don't we don't list guys on the 2d who will not be participating in spring ball and so we'll just do a best guess scenario and uh, let it sort itself out uh, charlie's the uh, the upperclassman of the group the senior uh, all the other ones are, are freshmen and so just naturally we figured that charlie would be the uh the leader of that group uh, at least at the onset and then we'll see what happens from there just a follow-up to that um you know, what are the difficulties, if any, of having such a drastic change to your QB room with, you know, with Jake and Drew leaving and Charlie and some new guys coming in? That should be fine in the final analysis. We've got uh, spring ball and all summer to work. Uh, they've already got a good start to uh, quarterbacks and receivers in this first uh, three months of the year, throwing on their own and, and uh, getting familiar with each other. And so, if, you know, spring ball is really, that's what spring ball is for us to try to get uh, position battles ironed out and, and uh, get guys 
situated on the depth chart. So that's uh, that's our job as coaches to start start making those decisions, and uh, you know, we just got to evaluate every day and and uh, make the uh, decisions that we feel are, are the proper ones. We'll go next to Cole Bagley from the Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Sam Umora. Yeah, good morning, Coach. Um, I was just was wondering what intrigued you the most the, uh, the most about uh, quarterback Charlie Brewer. Uh, the fierce competitive nature that the kid's got. He's, uh, you know, you talk to uh, anyone in that program, Baylor, and they'll tell you who the leader is on the football team and the guy that uh, everybody rallies around. Uh, that combined with some really good statistics. He was the second leading passer in Baylor football history. Led them to a bunch of wins. I know that the past season was not what uh, he was hoping for, but uh, you look at his body of work at Baylor, and it's very strong, and, and more than anything else is a leadership and ability to uh, make those around him better. Next is Sammy Mora, followed by Patrick Kinahan. Morning, Coach. So, obviously, you guys had the quarterback and running back position to address with the transfer portal this offseason. What was your guys' main objective with finding guys who fit into the program and fit into the system that you guys have? Well, exactly just that, finding guys that would be a good fit for us, what we do, uh, not only from a, uh, a football standpoint, talent standpoint, but personality standpoint. We've got uh, guys in this program, we feel like we've got a great group as far as high character and guys that uh, are team guys, and that's what we were looking for in addition to the football aspect of it. Uh, we're bringing guys in the program, or guys that are team players, uh, unselfish, and just want to make uh, – you know, make our football team better and, and contribute any way they can. Next, we'll go to Patrick Kinahan, followed by Steve Bartle from Ute Zone. If it comes to it on the quarterback position, how will you balance somebody who can help you win immediately versus somebody who might have better long-term potential but doesn't have the experience? Well, it's all part of the equation. That's a good question because you're looking at uh, not only at the immediate season but, but down the road. And you just got to do the best job that you can as far as balancing that and making the right decision. And typically, all, all things being equal, you know, winning now is the most important thing. And so uh, that's going to be the uh, top priority. But, but it all goes into the equation. And uh, you know, obviously, it's going to be a very important decision because that's the most important position on the field. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's no secret. And so uh, we'll just see how things shake out. But but uh, we feel like the room is, is uh, got a lot of good players in it, and uh, the personalities seem to fit and get along exceptionally well. And, and of course, when we add Cam to the equation uh, in the summer, that that gives us one more uh, guy that uh, is going to be right in the hunt. Steve Barton, Josh Newman, and Josh Furlong. Morning, Coach. Morning. Um. You've got a pretty unique roster this spring camp and, you know, you've got a majority of the roster are underclassmen, but you also return a healthy number of starters. You return three of your four captains and 10 of 14 from the leadership council last season. I guess how unique is this roster and how beneficial is it to have the experience and leadership returning that you do? Well, it's the most unique since I've been a football coach. And the reason being is the seniors, super seniors is what we call them is uh, they don't count in the uh, overall scholarship number. And so 
we've got uh, a big squad. We have 120 players out for spring ball, and uh, I don't, I can't remember ever being above 90. And uh, of course, the you know, the pause in their eligibility this past fall is a big reason for that. But uh, you know, we've got uh, a bunch of players in the program right now. It's it's like it's more of a fall camp field than it's a spring ball field because of the numbers. But uh, you're right. We have uh, I think 70 plus between the freshman and sophomore class. And uh, that's probably the most we've ever had there as well. And again, when you uh, pause the, the eligibility, things get backed up a little bit. But, but uh, after this upcoming season, things should get back to uh, more of a normal feel and the numbers will get back to uh, where they've been in the past. And then just to follow up, um, just with with the leadership, what is it like to have guys like Devin Lloyd and Mika Tafua and, and Orlando Oman and, and, and those guys kind of setting the example for those young players? It's invaluable. You can never have too much uh, great leadership. And, and those guys you mentioned have been excellent leaders for us. There's some really good leaders in the program uh, that are coming up through the ranks and the younger, with the younger guys. And, and uh, so we feel like we're in good shape uh, with a, a nucleus of guys that can set the pace and, and uh, be the guys that everybody looks to and, and uh, be the example for everybody. So we, we feel like we're in a good place as far as that goes. Josh Newman, then Josh Furlong. Kyle, uh, Kane Savage's shift to to wide receiver, is that more of a depth issue right now, or or, or might that be a long-term move for him? A little bit of both. You know, obviously we need uh, bodies in wide receiver, and that's when we took the hit most recently with uh, losing guys, and not only to the transfer portal, but guys that are unavailable due to injury. And so Kane was an outstanding receiver in high school. And it was very productive. And so he and Ben Renfro, we moved two players from the defense over to the, to the wide receiver position between Ben and Kane. And uh, whether it's long-term will be determined uh, at the, uh, in the spring ball. We'll see how those guys adapt. Ben was also a, a full-time receiver in high school as well. So those two guys have a lot of experience, and they're there due to the numbers as well as giving an opportunity to see what they can do on that side of the ball. And uh, if it looks like their highest ceiling is going to be moving back to defense after spring ball, we'll make that move. But if it looks like they're, they're settled in and, and going to be productive at wide receiver, we can keep them there. So that's to be determined. But uh, we probably would not have – in fact, we definitely would not have made those moves had we not had some uh, thinning out of that position. Quick follow-up, and this is off topic, but has there been any discussion uh, as to whether or not uh, it will be mandated for players to get the vaccine once it's their turn? I don't think it's going to be mandated. I don't know if you can do that. Uh, we're encouraging it. And uh, I think most of our guys will get the vaccine. I can't say that for certain, but, but uh, you know, I don't think that's something that, uh, that should be mandated. I think that's an individual decision, but, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Josh Furlong, and then our final two will come from Steve Bartle and Trevor Allen. Hey, Kyle, obviously uh, Ty Jordan's death is not something you guys can easily just forget. Um, but how do you feel like the program in general is doing adjusting to that? Obviously, it's been a few months now, but, uh, you know, adjusting to being able to find a new uh, running back as well as uh, just understanding kind of the, the situation that brings and kind of the motivation that'll bring for, for guys this, this year. Yeah, well, it's obviously, you know, as painful as anything I've been through as a football coach. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Ty. 
Um, you know, as far as his memory, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, we have some things in house here that we've done uh, to, to honor Ty and, and keep him at the forefront of our minds. Um, and he will definitely be missed. I mean, just not only as a football player, I mean, the football part of it was obvious, but his personality and his, his charisma and just the way he lit up a room uh, is the thing that uh, I'm going to miss the most. Um, as far as the position itself, we went to the portal and got a couple of really good backs, uh, TJ Pledger out of Oklahoma and Chris Curry out of LSU. So we were able to, to get some, uh, some talent in the room in the offseason. And that position with Mackay Bernard as well, those three are going to be the headliners of that group. And it'll be a good battle in spring to see uh, see how those guys separate themselves. But uh, you know, it's a it's a situation where Ty is it's, you know on all our minds still. It's been a few months, as you mentioned, but but uh, he is uh, he was such a, a dynamic person, and uh, we just you know, I personally miss him every day. Quick, quick follow up to that it, it is: Do you feel like some of the players that maybe could have had a chance to go to the NFL or done something like that, maybe some of this kind of helped give them some motivation to want to come back and kind of play their season four tie, or, or do you kind of get any of that sense? You know, I, that's something you'd have to ask them. I haven't had that exact conversation with these guys as to why. Uh, well, we've talked about you know with each guy that was in that situation, the pros and cons of leaving and staying and so forth, but. But uh, as far as on a personal level with Ty, that's something we'd have to answer. We'll have to make this our last question with Steve Bartle. Go ahead, Steve. Coach, he addressed the uh, the reason and the the feeling for why you needed to make a change at the receiver position. I would just be curious to hear why Chad Bumpfus was was the choice. Well, Chad was with us uh, back in 2018. His graduate assistant did a phenomenal job. Um, seemed to fit really well uh, with our staff and with what we were doing. Uh, he's since uh, been a full-time coach at a couple different places and done a nice job in those capacities and just seemed like uh, a guy that we already knew our system. We already knew what we're all about, how we run, how we run things, how we operate, and uh, just seemed to be a really good fit. He was very popular with the players uh, when he was here. Back in 18, and in fact, we have uh, four or five players still on the roster that were here uh, during that year, and they all were very uh, positive in their in their uh, viewpoint and opinion of Chad, and it just seemed like a good fit all the way around. So that's the direction. All right, thank. All right, there is Kyle Whittingham, his first media availability of spring football. And we will be hearing from him. Uh, we'll be hearing from the Utes three times a week. And I think Kyle is scheduled to speak on Mondays and Fridays. And we'll carry him live right here on The Zone. And uh, PK, your question there seemed like the, uh, the obvious follow-up to having watched a couple quarterback battles in, in the past and what Chris Kimrani told us when he was on, that he actually wants to go against the grain with Brewer and say that eh, Kyle has uh, Kyle's done this before where the veteran guy, you know, Troy Williams, lost the job to a younger guy who may not have been better day one but was certainly worth the investment knowing he had three years and they rode him to a couple of Pac-12 title games. So, you know, could that happen again? It seemed like that's where you were probing. Yeah, I guess it could happen again, but that was four years ago. Kyle will be 62 this season, and I don't know how many more seasons he's got. Not that he's an old man by any stretch and is out of the game, has passed him by. I'm not saying that. 
but it's an issue that you have to consider. All right, Andy Ludwig, the offensive coordinator, is sitting down. Let's listen in. Questions for Coach Ludwig. We'll start off with Steve Bartle, followed by Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com. Morning, Coach. Morning. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> would uh, would just be curious to get your thoughts on uh, the uh, the receiver room and and what returns there and what you're hoping to get out of that group this spring camp. Well, I expect a lot of production. I'm excited about the group of players we have in the room. Uh, the new coach in the room. We got a great chance to get better. There's a good combination of returning experience and talented youth, and we're looking to put it all together. See what see what it looks like this afternoon. Next up, Josh Furlong. Yeah, coach. Obviously, in fall, you, you know, two of your biggest positions were quarterback and wide or uh, running back. Now you're kind of facing that similar situation heading into spring, knowing that you still have Cam rising out and, and obviously differences to change. But what, what do you feel like uh, is the difference maybe going into spring as, as maybe opposed to fall? And, and what, are you, what do you see from this group? Well, much like the receiver position, uh, just an influx of new talented players at the quarterback position uh, with Charlie Brewer coming in, a graduate transfer, uh, Pete Costelli, uh, high school, early enrollee out of high school, Jaquindon Jackson, uh, transfer out of Texas. So some new faces, but uh, really a, a high bar in terms of talent level uh, in the quarterback room. It's going to be a very competitive situation. Cam Rising will not go through spring practices, as you mentioned, but he'll be around everything we're doing and provides leadership and insight to the position that will be a great asset to the new quarterbacks in the room. Also rounding out the room would be uh, Bryson Barnes and Cooper Justice, two players that have been in the program for one year, and uh, those players cannot be discounted. Uh, in terms of the running back room, what a, what a great mix now. Coach, Coach McDonald did a phenomenal job of recruiting uh, via the portal, obviously Makai Bernard returning, and then with the influx of the two transfer tailbacks uh that that room's got a completely new feel and i'm really excited to see how uh tj and chris look uh with helmets on and pads on as we move forward through spring ball so again it's a great combination of returning experienced players uh some young dynamic players in the rooms and then the influx of transfer players that should provide us immediate impact on the offensive group Next, we'll go to Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman and Patrick Kinahan. Good morning, Coach. Um, I just wanted to to uh, find out what what was it about Charlie Brewer and JJ uh, to where you guys went after them and, and tried to get them here at, at Utah. Uh, two very talented uh, quarterbacks, you know, different different experience levels. With Charlie, obviously a multiple uh, multiple year starter at the Division One level. And Jaquindon Jackson, a very talented uh, freshman coming in to join us. And we just felt like there were two men that had an opportunity to contribute, compete right away. And again, anxious to see him with the ball in their hand. You know, we've been running around all winter. haven't seen him throw the football yet. So this afternoon will be a real tell. So but, uh, it's a good group, a couple football junkies, and they, it's a great fit in that quarterback room. Josh Newman followed by Patrick Kinahan. Andy, good morning. Um, 
What are the difficulties, um, if any, uh, of having such a radical change to your quarterback room? You know, with Jake and Drew leaving and you're bringing in Jack Quinden and Charlie, and you know, there's a lot of changes happening. Are there any difficulties in, in such a change to the QB room? Yeah, with, uh, well, it's a, it's a great challenge is what it is with, uh, again, Charlie, Jaquindon, and Peter Costelli, three new players in the room. But these kids have come in and done a great job of uh, learning the system uh, to date. It's been a very productive two months, so I think they're really up to speed. But it is, it is a challenge. It's basically a quarterback rebuild in that room. Uh, you know, again, without having Cam taking the reps in the spring, these young players are going to get a lot of reps, and they, we have to maximize the reps. But without a doubt, I don't know that I would use the word difficulty, but it is a great challenge, but that's what the profession's all about. Josh Newman followed by Patrick Kinahan. So you have three quarterback transfers from the state of Texas. Is that coincidental or is there something there? Uh, I would say it is coincidental, but we do have uh, great respect and a great uh, pipeline from the state of Texas. You know, Cam, Cam Rising is a transfer from, he started, you know, high school in Southern California, started at the University of Texas. So however you want to phrase that, but uh, the pipeline in recruiting between the state of Texas and Utah has been very strong. We've got a lot of good players on the roster from the state and a great appreciation for uh, the high school coaches in the state of Texas, the way those players are prepared to play the game and, and how it transitions into college. Thank you. We'll go to Sammy Mora from the Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Steve Bartle from Ute Zone. Morning, Coach. Um, so Coach Whittingham just talked about personality with getting these guys out of the portal. Um, how do you, as an offensive coach, go about evaluating these talents personality-wise to make sure that they will mesh and fit in with this culture at Utah? Well, you, you have to do your due diligence in terms of betting or, or researching of the players by talking to their, their college coaches, their, uh, the strength and conditioning uh, coaches at the previous schools, the athletic trainers, and just uh, their high school coaches. So you, you dig pretty deep, but then the conversations with the uh, with the young men, whether it's a recruiting coach or myself, getting to know them and making sure it will be a smooth transition. It's not a science. It's not a perfect uh, match 100% of the time. However, we feel like uh, we have hit home runs in, in the players that you're discussing. Next up is Steve Bartle from Zone. Coach, you have a, a pretty young roster on, on the offensive side of the ball, a lot of youth throughout the offensive side, but you also bring back a lot of experience and leadership. How does the how do those leaders and those players with experience help you as a coach during spring camp? Well, first and foremost, uh, we're going into the third year running the same offensive system. So the the veteran players, they know the system inside and out. There's no radical changes or adjustments to what we're doing, especially in this spring as we're trying to break in some new quarterbacks and tailbacks. It's really about the core of the offense. And uh, if you look at Nick Ford, uh, Cole Fotheringham, Brant Keithy, these players have been around uh, and know the ins and outs of the X's and O's and can really add insight to the players uh, from a player's perspective to the new guys and ease the transition and learning curve. Okay. Thank you very much, Coach Ludwig. We appreciate it. 
There is Andy Ludwig, Utah's offensive coordinator. Before that, we heard from Kyle Whittingham. Uh, The quarterbacks are scheduled to speak. We'll hear from them coming up. Right now, we're going to take a break. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Never-ending story is more compelling than Short Circuit. No, no, stop it. no, stop. Never-ending story would win a poll against Short Circuit. Guarantee you. I can't even believe I'm putting this poll together. How do you spell circuit? <laughs> By the way, I almost hope... Do what you feel is right, I, I almost hope Never-Ending Story wins, because if Short Circuit wins, we're going to lose you for the rest of the show. Show memorandum. Let's just euthanize Short Circuit. My guy is as upset as any time I've ever seen him in the history of this show. Why? Because we speak truth? No more Short Circuit. Take Johnny Five and put a crowbar to his head. He's done. Disassemble. Johnny Five. No disassemble! Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision is giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of the contacts or the glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, PK, we just listened to Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham and the offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig. The quarterbacks are starting to sit down now. Cam Rising was on during the break, and Yach has been recording that, and we'll play it back for you uh, in a while. We want to hear from some of the quarterbacks, because obviously who the quarterback is is question number one when you're talking about a college football program. It's very rare that that isn't the number one question. Now, for the Utes, there are multiple questions because for multiple reasons, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end is the only skill position where we have answers. We get questions everywhere else for lots of reasons, but the question that went to Andy Ludwig about how do you find the right guy with transfers and all that, and Andy, a guy who is not prone to a lot of hype, a guy who I think can take the media thing or leave it, you know, if he, if he doesn't do it, so what? If he does it, he doesn't do it with any attitude. He just sits there and says what he says. And so when he says they feel like they hit home runs, I, I got to admit, my ears perked up right there. Really? They did? Yeah. Your eyebrows raised? My eyebrows raised. My hands are <laughs> trembling. Well, Andy doesn't mince words. He gets right to the point. Right. So that means something. From somebody else, it's like, okay... They're a hype master, and they fire everything up. Andy doesn't fire everything up. He just says what he says. So if he says home runs, then he is pumped, and he is loving what he's seeing when he's talking to guys. And obviously loved what he saw in film. Solo home run and a grand slam. So uh, okay. But what I find interesting is they have a Brewer atop the depth chart at quarterback, and a Moroni and a Nephi atop the list of starting linebackers. A Brewer and a Moroni and a Nephi. All right, Jaquindon is sitting down right now. Here, let's listen in. And you had all these offers to go to other schools. What what stood out about Utah? Uh, I really didn't get a a visit to Utah, so I really didn't know what it was really about uh, until I actually talked to Todd about it, and he he broke it down to me. Um, once he broke it down to me, he explained to me that um, it's a family, and this and everybody speaks together in this unit. I just fell in love with it then. So from that, that point on, I was just like, I'm coming to Utah. 
Next question is from Josh Furlong, followed by Josh Newman. JJ, I think a couple of weeks ago you tweeted that you made the, the best decision to come to Utah. What what you know is it about Utah that you feel like has has maybe I don't know if it's you know revitalized you or, or given you kind of a new sense of, of of hope. What what do you feel like is has this change has been for you? Uh, everybody everybody is one. Everybody is a unit. And everybody stick together as one. It's a family here, which. Um, which is a plus for me. So that's one thing that I love about this program. And it's a, um, uh, NFL ready program. Basically, um, they get you ready for the NFL, but as a freshman, like this, this program is amazing. Next question comes from Josh Newman. Jaquinan, how are you? Doing fine. How about you? Doing well, thanks. Um, look, this is a new situation for you, new teammates, new quarterback room. Can you maybe describe what the vibe inside the quarterback room is? Because, you know, you're not the only new guy in that room right now. It, uh, it's, a, it's a chill vibe. Like, everybody learning. Everybody um, – we everybody's on the same track because Logan's is doing an excellent job teaching us the offense and giving us game on how to be successful as quarterbacks. So, it's uh, – so brotherhood and the family in the quarterback room. And uh, just to follow that up, I'm curious. I mean, I mean, you're a Texas guy. You spent a year at the University of Texas. What, what's the uh, change been like coming from Texas to Utah, non-football, just in general, trying to get the vibe of Salt Lake City? The comics is – I can't even explain it. Uh, <laughs> and it's freezing. Like, it's snow every other week. I don't, I don't understand it, but it's uh, – it's amazing. Man. I love it out here. The viewing of the mountains. I, like, I have, I have never seen mountains before, so it's, uh, it's, it's mind-blowing. Next question will come from Josh Furlong. Yeah, what was your relationship um, with, with Ty Jordan, and, and how have these last few months been um, since his death? Uh, I've been knowing Ty since we were in eighth grade. Um, I had played against him. In uh, spring football, he played for the Allen Wild Dogs, and I played for the Dallas Lions. Uh, I had first seen him. I was like, bro, he was short and stocky and fast. Like, I ain't, I have never seen nobody like that. I called him Little Hercules because he was so big and fast. But um, me and Ty grew a relationship over over time. Uh, I had took my official to Texas, and he took his. This was back when uh, him and his mama was alive. I uh, got to meet his mama. Um, we had a um, conversation about him coming to Texas, which he ended up doing. And I uh, and he um, he uh, told me about why he um, flipped, you know, which I totally understood. And that's when uh. I see him out here doing his thing. So I was like, like cheering him on from the side because, you know, I wasn't playing that shit. So I was basically like texting him every, every other game. I see you doing your thing and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, his death, his death was surprising. Like, it, it, it caught me off guard. Uh, I had actually got woke up on my seat. From uh from the news and uh that following Monday, 
we were supposed to um, work out, basically try to get the feel for each other because we ain't never been on the same team. We always been competing against each other. But the relationship with me and Todd was actually about to start getting even closer than it was. And, uh, yeah, it just, that was just another another blow to the stomach because I, I don't lost three people in one year last year, so 2020 was a tough year. But, yeah, that, um, that was my boy, long little time, man. Sorry, I know just to follow up. I know this is this is obviously hard for you, but how much how much motivation does that give you? And and obviously you've seen this now with the team who played with him uh, to kind of play this season and dedicate this season to him. It's it gave me a lot of motivation because I know that he's not here to do it, so I got to do it for him. Uh, and this like me me Ayla, we we done talked about it before because Ayla very close with him too, so. Aaron Lowe, um, we had talked about it before, and we said we gotta we gotta do it for the ones that's not here. Um, so we're gonna keep pushing, moving forward, and keep grinding and grinding out to the to the wheels fall off, and uh, just keep keep them on our mind and keep us choking. All right, that was your final question. Thank you. All right, there's Jaquinn Jackson. He is a transfer quarterback from Texas. And PK, you and I can both see the video. For the people listening on radio, man, the body language there, his hands, just like the sweaty palms rubbing them on his thighs, rocking back a little, back and forth a little bit. There was a lot of emotion in those answers. Yeah, there was. Let's go to Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer is sitting down here as the transfer from Baylor as Utah brings all the quarterbacks to the microphone. Started, you know, quite quite a few years at Baylor. And then uh, what, what led you to making a change and then ultimately ending up at Utah? Yeah, I think for me, I was just kind of ready for a change and, uh, you know, get somewhere new. Um, you know, glad it worked out the way it did. Uh, really excited to be here. Got a great coaching staff, you know, a great team, and, you know, I'm fortunate to, you know, be a part of Utah football. Next question will come from Cole Bagley with the Utah Daily Chronicle. Morning, Charlie. Morning. What was it that made you commit to Utah so quickly? I just thought it was a really good opportunity. Um, felt like it was a good fit. And uh, just kind of went ahead and did it. Didn't want it to, you know, drag along too long. And, uh, you know, I felt I made a, you know, a great decision. Next question will come from Josh Newman. Charlie, good morning. Good morning. Um, A lot of times when a graduate transfer quarterback is looking for a new home, uh, you know, they're looking for a spot where they can play right away, you know, and maybe competition is not part of the equation. Uh, obviously, there is going to be a competition here. Um, you know, was that a was that a benefit to you that you were going to come in and, and that you were going to have to compete? Yeah, I mean, I think there's competition kind of everywhere everywhere you go in college football. There's going to be competition. So you know, I think I I welcome that, and you know, I've been through you know many competitions before, and um, you know, I think it's you know not just good for me, but good for the team. 
Next question will come from Josh Furlong, followed by Hans Olson. Yeah, you come from a conference that obviously is known for its its heavy passing attacks and and just a ton of offense. You know, what do you what do you feel like you can personally bring uh, here to a to a place that quite honestly is 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 a lot of uh, running back and a lot of you know pounded into the ground type situations. How, how do you feel like you can kind of fit into this type of offense? Oh, uh, you know, I think you know first off, just being a good teammate. Um, you know, to everyone on the team. You know, earning everyone's trust. Um, you know, I think, you know, here I'm going to get to do a lot of, a little bit of everything, kind of a very multiple offense. So, um, you know, I feel as if I'm able to throw the ball and, and, you know, tuck it and run when I need to. Next question will come from Hans Olsen, followed by Cole Bagley. We're so accomplished at Baylor, Charlie. What went into the decision to leaving Baylor? Um, you know, I think it was, you know, a multitude of things. Um, just felt, you know, overall it was, it was best for me and my career if I, if I moved on and, um, you know, kind of went somewhere new and, um, you know, finished my career somewhere else. Next question is from Cole Bagley. Hey, Trent, I'd just like to get your initial thoughts on the wide receiving core here at Utah. Guys like, you know, Britt Covey, Jalen Dixon, Brant Keithy. What, what are your overall thoughts on the talent here at Utah? I think there's a lot of talent, got a lot of, a lot of good receivers and tight ends, um, and running backs that can catch the ball. So there's going to be a, you know a lot of guys that can that can make some plays. And um, yeah, I think there's overall there's a ton of talent. All right, that was your final question. Thanks, Charlie. All right, a short session there with uh, with Charlie Brewer. We'll get you up to date uh, more on the Utes and their first spring football availability with Kyle Whittingham and the offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig on all four of the quarterbacks. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Tell you what. If anybody has a problem on their mind, call in today. And Austin will play the role of the uh, receptionist. <laughs> Are you and, eating? Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I really wanted to see if I could eat this on the air without you noticing. Sounds like you're eating a peanut butter cupcake. <laughs> There's no way you were going to hide that. Do you know what it is? Disrespectful. <laughs> Rude. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this was a piece of caramel. You ate a piece of caramel and didn't think we'd notice? (laughs) I wanted to see if you would, just for fun. It wasn't, and we did. (laughs) Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? Keep an eye on the red folks. They can do damage from that spot. Their opponent, you love to see. 
That's the Aggie players applauding, and that is Coach Craig Smith yelling and hollering as the Aggies find out they are in the NCAA tournament. That is a slightly offbeat play of the game. Know it today at 4.50, and you can win fabulous prizes on the big show. The Aggies in the NCAA tournament. We're going to talk about that with Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up in 15 minutes. Aggies are an 11 seed playing Texas Tech. BYU is a 6 seed waiting to find out if they get UCLA or Michigan State. Those two will play Thursday night in the first four. And we'll talk college hoops coming up with Steve. Right now, we just had two segments of the Utes, and we'll have Ute football for you Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays as they do their spring football media availability. We won't usually have that much, but today they ran out the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and all four quarterbacks, two of whom hit during commercial breaks. Uh, So we got to listen to quite a bit. PK, you had a couple of questions because we heard you in there, and I'm sure you've got a few thoughts having heard uh, everyone speak. What would you like to share with the audience, the point you'd like to hammer home from all of this? Charlie Brewer is a man of few words, a young man of few words. <laughs> that is true. Like He was asked the same question three or four times, why would you come to Utah? And he didn't really offer detailed explanation there. So uh, that makes me think that, you know, this is a business trip here. He didn't come all the way out here. I know he played at Baylor. I don't know his background in high school. I assume he's a Texas kid. He's not coming out here for any other reason but to get out on the field and showcase his talents more so for the NFL and obviously win some games. Didn't have a lot to say, uh, which that's no big deal. You don't necessarily need to have a lot to say. Uh, Tyler Huntley didn't necessarily have a lot to say. As a sophomore, he did, and he swore, and he shut it down after that. <laughs> after that, that, uh, that, that He'll always thing. be our favorite for that. <laughs> <laughs> Losing streaks did not sit well with him. Yes, it was believe it embarrassing. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Interview's <laughs> over. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Drive 55 uh, before yeah, he drops la- another one. I laughed too loud on that one. It was, it was an enclosed environment. We're up there in Oregon, and that was that was one of their bad games. They got rolled, if I remember correctly. So uh, interesting in that situation. There, three quarterbacks from from Texas. Now, yeah. one of them is from uh, Southern California, who went yeah. to Texas. So they got it's it's an interesting dynamic here because I don't know that I can recall. There's got to be maybe somebody. I don't know all the programs in the country off the top of my head. But to have three transfers from Texas battling for the starting job uh, is, is funky. In Texas football, and they had Sports Illustrated a few years back before it went all political, yep. they did a big story on the number of high school quarterbacks from the state of Texas that were playing college ball, and there was like 20-some. They were all over the country. So we know that's really good, although Rising played his high school ball in Southern California up there and the, by the Magic Mountain area. Uh, Brewer, so, Brewer played in Austin at a school there, so you're right. He is a Texas guy going from Austin to play at Baylor. Yeah, and so those guys are schooled in football from a young, young age. And uh, well, yeah. I believe there's talent there, but you know, I haven't seen it in the Utah system at all, obviously, because you really didn't get to see Rising. I realize he started, but he played 13 or 14 plays or whatever it was, and then he's done. Uh, so we really didn't get to see him, and they didn't have spring ball last year. It was canceled. They had a couple of practices. On the, they shut down the fall, uh, this the August training camp whatsoever, so we don't get to see So I literally haven't seen him do anything outside of a couple of spring practices, uh, that and the year before, and some fall the year before. But that doesn't really count that much. 
So Brewer is, we got all sorts of film on him, nothing on Jackson. And I don't care what the high school kid did. That's great that he did all that. But, you know, he's actually going to go two years basically without playing because their senior season is right now, and he's not there. Four again, so we lost. That's embarrassing. Yeah, excuse my language. Okay, guys, thanks. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to find a gap to play in, so... (laughs) That was a great moment. Uh, those huge swearing you got uh, Cody Barton after the uh, uh, what's the bowl? What's the holiday, holiday bowl? They bleeped the bed. Rod Zondo looked at me. Did she just say they bleeped <laughs> yeah. the bed? Said, yes. yes, they did. Yes, he did. So uh, this high school kid, you know, he hadn't played. He only played three years of high school and then doesn't play his senior year. And now he's up here. So leads me to believe that it's going to be between Brewer and Rising, but don't rule out Jackson because it's not like Rising has more time in the system, obviously, but he barely has any more playing time. He has like 14 plays more than Jackson. Well, that's negligible. That doesn't really even count. So what does that mean? They've got to get good quarterback play, obviously. And if they do, if they get great quarterback play, I think they win the South. They get good quarterback play, they're in the running. They get the quarterback play that they got last year, they don't win it in their five games. So we have to watch how this plays out. And Brewer, has, as Kyle Winningham said, you know he's a senior, everybody else is freshman, so he defaults to the top of the depth chart. There's plenty of times to change that if results warrant. But I don't think they can have what they had last year. You know, and, and we didn't... We didn't get to go up there and see stuff like we normally do. Everything's changed. But once we saw the games, I came away with the idea that, well, we thought the veteran guy was going to get the job, but really he just wasn't that good, so they went with the younger guy. Now, well, I think Rising won the job, though. Don't you think, think this year— got it by default. Brewer, don't you think this year Brewer isn't going to back up to the competition? He's too proven. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to discount Rising's performance in training camp right. last year. So that means uh, if someone wins the job, if someone beats out Brewer for the job, it's because they played at a really high level. Assu- well, assuming that he doesn't get see, hurt somehow. See, but a, a real high level for the Utes is don't throw interceptions. <laughs> I mean, it just is. We got it. We got. We've got so to somebody have else, real talk So if somebody's at sixty-five uh, percent completion rate and throws for however many yards, but if they throw eight picks in practice, Kyle's just not giving them the job. He doesn't. No, he doesn't I care think, about the seventy uh, percent, however many yards, and whatever scrimmages they do that we don't get to see because we are. Uh, and Kyle answered a question. Um, I think it was from Josh Newman. And nobody's required to get the vaccine. So there, there, there's too many guys there to think that everybody's going to get the vaccine. The protocols are going to be in place for a while, regardless of how poorly or well things go. So we're not going to see a lot of stuff. Maybe they'll put out some video, you know, but even that'll no, be No, well, my information is going to come from talking to people. Right. That's, it's not going to be through my own eyes. And talking to people last year, I mean, I found out that they had named Rising. I didn't want to come on the air because I wanted Kyle to let it be announced. Uh, a few years back, I retweeted Adam Schultz's high school coach saying, way to go, Adam, good luck uh, starting. And I retweeted it, and Kyle got mad. 
<laughs> so it's not worth it to get these guys upset over this and because we'll, we'll find out on that Saturday and Schultz started against it was against Oregon and they lost the game and he was a walk on and blah blah blah. So let let them. I'm I'm not going to announce it, and but I was told Rising his accuracy was substantially better than Bentley's was last season. So yes, they chart everything a thousand times over. They've got as we've all been to practices, they got at least three, if not four, cameras fil- filming practice from every possible angle. Yep. So whoever it, it, it's it's almost like going to come down to a mathematical equation. I think the Troy Williams Tyler Huntley thing was more of a gut feel than the rising Bentley thing. Here, I think you'll have a combo of some gut and statistics. Yeah, it has because to Because everything's be, going to be charted starting today. Yes. Everything. But the thing is that as, um, as they depend less on pocket quarterbacks and more on the escapability, and in the, if you haven't been to a practice or a scrimmage, they blow stuff dead. And so guys don't really have a chance to break tackles. It's like, ah, he's close enough to touch him and you blow the whistle. And we have both heard from quarterbacks who are like, oh, the quick whistle they put on me, it's like, I could have made that play. I mean, these guys get all wrapped up in, in practice and being competitive and all that. So it almost has to be a gut feel because you have the math on throwing. But because you are weighting it with the running, you're never really going to have the math on running because it's not real. They're not letting guys get hit. Even when they have four quarterbacks, they're not letting them get hit. They're just not doing it. No, they ain't. When we come back, basketball insider Steve Cleveland, NCAA tournament matchups. The Jazz, four and five in their last nine. Are the Cougars and Aggies going to progress in the tournament? Plenty to talk about with Steve Cleveland next. Stay with us.